0: Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs Podcast. My name is Rich LeBrun and I'll be your host today. We will be covering a wide range of topics from founders who started their own company and who bet on themselves in one. We are encourage entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise but their stories and their hearts. No matter the topic, you'll be hearing from real stories from real people. Our special guest today is Courtney Lukic, Founder and Chief Communications Officer CCO at Gotham Public Relations Firm, which she founded in 2002. She's a strategist change and change management expert among many other things, which you'll learn about here shortly. She's also an author of a new book called Creating Significance, How to Build a Brand and Legacy Career. We're looking forward to hear more about how that book came about. She's an expert and executive coach and career mentor, a global leader in change management, organizational transformation, Courtney consults with top firms and brands nationally. She's a founding board member at Women & Worth in the US and one Gold Nugget in the UK. She has been honored and CEO today, Global 2022, and among the best women in the PR industry since 2020 by PR News. Courtney is a Forbes council member in business communications since 2019. She advises sea level Council and multiple startup brands, educational and fintech platforms. Gotham PR has clients in the top 30 US markets and in 30 countries on every continent worldwide. The agency has offices located in New York, Florida and London. Uh, On a personal note, she loves to travel. She calls herself a globetrotter. She loves art and museums and meeting new people and restaurants. So She's in currently in Miami. With that, I'd like to say welcome, Courtney.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. So great to meet you.
0: Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this interview, and you're definitely have a wonderful background. And I, I know our listeners are going to be excited to hear what you have to share. So let's start there. Tell me a little bit about your story. First of all, but tell me more about your, 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 your business, excuse me, uh, and what led you to start that business, and a little bit about your background.
1: Well, I must say that similar to conditions today, we started the agency in 2002, shortly on the heels of 9-11 and in New York City, I can tell you it was a pretty dramatic time. So I am always an advocate of starting a business and of somewhat of a challenge market scenario because that's where innovation is born. I think that um, given experience in New York, I realized working at other agencies that I was doing a lot of business development and marketing and realized that I could be doing that on behalf of my own clients that I could cultivate and curate um, and enjoy growing businesses from startup into what are now many of them legacy businesses today. So that's kind of the, the gold nugget, I guess I would like to impart that um, it's always a good time to start a business in a down market. And it was really kind of the secret to our success.
0: Okay. Were you, work, were you working for Corporate America and then you made that leap?
1: Well, I had many corporate clients. i worked at two big agencies, um, one of which was very immersed in technology and, you know, our, our clients of record were Sony and IBM at the time. And that was, you know, Internet 1.0. So it shows you how long I've been in the business. <laughs> and now we're talking about the metaverse three, right? And uh, sort of the next wave with crypto, blockchain, um, NFTs and 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 the like. So, I've seen a tremendous evolution, uh, but yes, I, I do have corporate experiences very different when you go out on your own as an entrepreneur. So um, I think that I you know, wrote the book, Creating Significance, to speak to that in terms of case studies, what it looks like on one side of the workforce versus the other side as an entrepreneur, uh, to encourage people and also to avoid some of the pitfalls that are easy to succumb to when you're first starting your own business or practice.
0: Well, since you mentioned the book, let's just start. With, jump right in there. Tell us more about the book a little more sure. detail and, and where people can find it etc.
1: Yes, it will be coming out we we pushed our publication date from the fall into early 2023 i don't know if all people understand what's going on in the publishing world but that so many books have been written and, and are being published that they're actually kind of running out of paper i'm not exaggerating so no kidding. Uh, part of the part of that supply chain uh, challenge that we keep hearing about so i have uh, Performed, uh, you know, a few different online webinars and partaken of podcasts such as this one to, to interface with different kinds of entrepreneurs just to pre-promote the book. But really, it it talks about where businesses started and where they are through the lens of really great examples, and that can be anything from solopreneurs to uh, bigger, more corporate uh, entities. That I came in and we worked on sort of change management. Sounds like a very broad. Um, sort of um, specialization, but it's really kind of tantamount to turning a ship in choppy waters in real time, right, and finding, finding due course and finding a path forward. So, um, you know, it can go from the, from the smaller entity to the very large um, sort of uh, more corporate focus. Uh, which I think you know, it'll be interesting. A lot of resources are, in, are available today that weren't available 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I wanted to mitigate sort of that from the front by saying um, from the start that it's really about surrounding yourself with experts. And I think that so many more experts and expert platforms exist today to help entrepreneurs uh, that didn't in the past. So it, it really is a great time, again, to start a business because you will necessarily find support that wasn't available maybe when we were starting.
0: So when somebody reads your book what's what's the one or two things you want to take away from them when they're finished reading
1: oh well first of all i would like to impart sort of um the fact that again these resources exist that are very uh helpful that there are so many um even municipal and um local uh, conduits to help facilitate businesses. I mean, we're, we're living in an innovation um, economy and, and in many cities, you know, New York, Chicago being one of them, Boston, uh, Miami, Los Angeles, those are five examples uh, where there are so many resources to help start a business. So it's really a, a motivational kind of guide um, mm-hmm. and how to, you know, form a brand really. it, it It's not a how-to book per se, it's really um, more what to embrace and what to avoid, I think, along along the way through the lens of some really expert practitioners and brands. So I've been very privileged to have such great clients and to work as counsel with them. So I just wanted to share that and then, you know, potentially turn it into even like a masterclass series. A lot of people don't understand what PR is. They don't understand what business development means. They don't even, you know, marketing is such an amorphous term as is branding that I don't think people really can get their heads around it from a you know, more public facing perspective. People inside the industry, of course, understand it.
0: No, I would totally agree. Most of us have a misconception. Now this book you say is coming out in the fall?
1: Uh, originally it was scheduled for the fall, but we, we are pushing it to the early, to 2023, which is, you know, winter, I guess, January.
0: All right, so we'll be looking for that book and uh, its title is, again?
1: A Created Significance. And that's coming out under Worth Media, which is part of Simon & Schuster.
0: Okay, will that be found on Amazon as well? Uh, yes. Okay, of course. All right, well, let's go back to when you started your company. Uh, what were some of the mental hurdles? What was going on in your head? That, did you have any fears, uncertainties? Uh, were you just totally excited? Was this, a, you know, just close your eyes and jump in type process? Give, give our okay. listeners some thought about, how, you know, what, what kind of things you were thinking about before you decided to go all in, and then what was the tipping point?
1: Right, well, it's certainly a very enervating experience, meaning energizing, um, exciting, nerve-wracking, all at the same time. Um, fortunately, upon founding, we signed two really big clients from the get-go, very big-name clients, that allowed us to kind of what we refer to in the entrepreneurial world as bootstrapping. So we never had to take money you know, from outside investors to grow. It was all incremental and scaled, um, largely through service billing. So again, we're living in a different environment where there's a lot of VC and equity you know, kind of floating around it's a very different climate. I do encourage entrepreneurs to try to bootstrap so that they don't have to give away parts of their businesses. Um, from the beginning, I guess it was people were impressed, again, because I'd worked at other agencies. They thought, wow, this is really bold, particularly on the heels so of what had just happened in New York. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think there's a tendency with entrepreneurs to really push themselves. Again, part of this book is, you know, you have to take care of yourself to take care of others, particularly if you're in a service-facing business, but also as a leader, right? You have to be able to take care of your team members, your clients. Um, So there's this excitement when you start your business that you're going around the clock, right? And so you have to remember to get off that um, treadmill occasionally and also do things for yourself to stay motivated and help motivate your clients. I always sort of see myself as this um, somewhat aspirant, you know, ideator. I go in and I help facilitate all these sort of Thought, strategies and opportunities that may or may not have occurred to the client and then make them happen. So it's, there's a big wish fulfillment aspect to what we do. I mean, PR is just one part, I think, of what our service offering is. So we're atypical for most firms. Most firms you know, want to live in the daily news cycle, which we certainly do. But I think our term is longer perspective because we're working in service of press. First of all, we respect all of our media partners, but also to help our clients drive their business so that's a little different than just getting press for press sake right it's sure, very sure. business business sure. driven
0: were you uh, did you have the entrepreneur spirit always or is this something that just evolved right the, in 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 the heat of the moment in a down in a down market uh, no i
1: think um you know there were family members certainly people that i admired um that had entrepreneurial backgrounds i think to go for it on this level you know you have to be very self-motivated there, Again, I think there's something to it. And I don't know if you've talked about this on your podcast, where you surround yourself with, if not like minded people, then people who are motivated to work independently or entrepreneurially. And I think there can be some naysaying, you know, when you first go down this path that people want to poke holes in it and sort of say, well, are you making money? You know, are you successful? And as we all know, it takes time to build a successful business, right? And so, you know, there are four phases. I was reading this yesterday from. Um, you know, very noted um, sort of business scholar who said, um, you know, in the beginning, you're euphoric and you're excited. And then the next phase, you know, you're getting critical momentum and you're getting recognized and you have reputation. The third phase, you're really at your height, but you're also not saying no to things. You're saying yes to everything. And then the fourth phase, you know, there's so much saturation that if you don't carefully cultivate and curate um, how you're spending your time, you could just be overwhelmed with, you know, everything that you spent the last, you know, three phases building in your business. So I think, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in that to mm-hmm. um, scale your own sort of behaviors as you advise your clients to, right? I mean, it's it's harder to practice what you preach than to just go in and sort of advocate <laughs> um, all of this, you know, strategically client side. So you have to apply yeah. to your own business what you're applying to the yeah,
0: I think it's great—a great wisdom too, and great so thank for sharing that. Uh, with that in mind, looking back, what would you do differently, if anything? Looking oh, back you know over those, over those three phases and fourth phase.
1: No, it's a, it's a great example. I mean, I feel really fortunate in New York. I was in a very kind of go-go environment where everything was new and very embracing of um, startups. And as I said, we were rewarded almost immediately with great clients. And I do believe at least maybe it was a time in that market that success begat success, right? Because mm-hmm. when you are performing at a high level for really great clients, then other clients necessarily want to um, come, into, come into that fold. And I think specialization is really important uh, now more than ever. And I think, you know, we found our niche which is really the marriage of design development, technology, and a very forward-looking orientation that I think a lot of firms wouldn't necessarily be comfortable taking on because oftentimes brands or talent or companies will come to us before a category even has a presence in the market, right? So we're getting to see everything sometimes in beta or prototype. And again, being able to think sort of conceptually and empirically is very valuable um, to not only crafting marketing and launch plans, but helping reporters understand like distilling complexity into news bites and also why the public should care right a lot of clients don't necessarily understand that media won't publish things that aren't public facing there has to be a reason for the public to be interested to publish news even if it's fast company and it can be you know research from mars but unless it has some application in the current market they're not going to publish it so
0: i'm amazed at what you do and there's so much information out there we're, we're yes. in information we're in information overload. we're exhausted. Right. Yes. okay, but here you are a PR agency trying to, to you know corral that information mm-hmm. and produce it, something that is meaningful. How do you do that? How do you get this how do you sort through all the noise?
1: Yeah, no, that's a wonderful question. I'm glad you asked it because uh, it's really a question of research and relying on specific, Outlets always cultivating, um, I think, a readership and a following for specific uh, experts, writers, journalists, right, who cover and have the 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 breadth and the ability to um, work on a lot of these kind of uh, stories and or features. Um, Also, I I want to underscore collaboration because I think there's a lot of power in, you know, I came up in the generation of, of business where, um, you know, there was obviously, and there still is a lot of competition, but this idea of co where sometimes you align entities and then you make something even stronger, right? So this, the power of partnership and collaboration, I think, can't be overstated. And that's where we have, as a sweet spot, kind of cut through the noise, because again, earning that reputation and that respect that when you introduce one entity to another, that they're necessarily going to bond and create something pretty sp- you know, special together. So that's kind of a little trade secret right there.
0: (laughs) In fact, one of my questions is going to ask you, can you think of a key decision that made had the biggest impact on your success? Would that be it to to embrace the collaboration?
1: Um, Well, I think it's really becoming a, a trusted resource for clients at a very high level. I mean, you have to be extremely discreet. I mean, sometimes on an hourly basis, I'm getting top secret information and Mm -hmm. Um, taking the time to process and the time to let events unfold. As I said, it goes back to surrounding yourself with experts, having that expert counsel where you can call a lawyer or call another expert strategist or somebody who will help you, you know, if not circumnavigate a problem before it happens, at least anticipate it so that you have a strategy to, you know, provide a solution. And so, you know, I, I pride myself on that is definitely, helping clients almost as like a secret weapon. And I think, you know, my, my closest clients would all say that that's, you know, there are few and far in between. It's a very honored sort of advisory role to be put in.
0: Fantastic. Okay, so I, I, can, I know you're a reader, just some of the conversation you, we just had, what you shared, you're, you're a CEO, with old saying, it's lonely at the top. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how do you keep yourself motivated? How do you, you said you surround yourself with mentors, do you read certain things? Uh, what keeps you focused and keeps you, uh, again, motivated as a CEO and leader?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I think um, there are so many tremendous business resources. I mean, LinkedIn obviously is a it's a great uh, resource to at least you know um, get get you excited about certain ideas, and you can order the book or follow the follow the author. But I I've always run a kind of multi generational practice, and I think that's emblematic really of the workforce today is that. Um, I have young people on my team, I have senior people on my team, I have clients that run the gamut of, you know, like 20 years old to 80 years old. So I, I do believe there's a lot in the mix that we learn from each other. So that keeps me very motivated. And also, you know, I love these younger generation entrepreneurs that reach out because, you know, they can be hiring their 30 year old peers or what have you, but they're coming to somebody who's more seasoned and has sort of seen all the twists and turns, right, and can kind of um, impart, some knowledge and certainly a tremendous network to help them grow their businesses. So I think that's that's kind of the secret sauce, really, of, of how we work. And again, it's at a very high level. We can't say yes to everyone. I've said mm-hmm. no more recently, I think, than um, I have in a really long time, just to make sure that we're operating at the highest standard uh, client-wise that we possibly yeah, can.
0: sure. Fantastic. Um, you're a lifelong learner. What are you learning right now?
1: Oh, that's a great question too. Well, technology always, Uh (laughs) pretty much every, um, working a lot more in the AI space, artificial intelligence, and that's anything from resource management to, um, sort of lead generation and just harnessing different tools to kind of make work easier. Right. So I think that is going to be a constant, um, and pretty much is on a, on a daily basis. But To your earlier question, you know, when a client comes to us, we like to make sure that we know as much as we possibly can before taking it on. And I don't know how much you know about the PR space, but a lot of times the clients will take an initial meeting and expect you to be an expert in their industry. And, you know, sometimes there is a ramp up stage, but most clients now don't have the patience, time or resources to hire or partner with a firm that doesn't understand their business. So Mm -hmm before we say yes to even the first interview, um, we do a lot of, we do a deep dive research to see if it really is a fit. And, and if it's not, then we refer um, that prospect elsewhere. And sometimes that's a better engagement.
0: You made a couple of key points in, in this conversation. One is you started your business at 9-11, if I remember correctly, right? Right after. Right after mm-hmm. right a really tough time. Uh, we are now facing tremendous headwinds, very unique ones, by the way, and, yep. you know, with labor and recessions and a war in the world and all this political un- unravel and, you know, just, just a lot of disruption in our country. Um how are you navigating that? what 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 how are you what, how are you addressing some of these issues for your own company?
1: Yeah, no, that's it's a very timely question. It's um I think really just staying grounded. Um, I, I don't want to say staying positive because I think that sounds like kind of a um, oversimplification, but really being again, a motivator for the clients to take on what we can and can't do realistically, right? I think the past few years have been so um, exponentially. Um, sped up. And from what I understand, that will continue to be the case in in technology. I mean, we're going through such a tremendous, as you say, upheaval. And all these things are happening for a reason, right? Um, If you study history and you study projections and forecasting, you know, all of this is interrelated. So I think um, really being um, at the forefront of trying to find solutions. And fortunately, I do work with so many visionaries, you know, architects, designers, information architects, you name it, you know, people who basically help us forecast and operate future uh, of the world. So yeah, I, I feel like we have to be a part of that change, right, and um, do meaningful work. So that that contributed to the to book as well because creating significance is different than creating success, right? So significance should be lasting and impactful and sustainable.
0: Sure. Now, did I hear you say, I don't know, I misquote you, that this is a good time to start a business? Yes okay can you i, I got to hear why
1: <laughs> well in any down economy you have the time to um, plant plant seeds so that they turn into roots and then when you ideally come out on the other side of it which will probably be closer to 2024 uh, you then will have established you know a foothold in the market and again i, I don't want to say that from a generalist standpoint but more from a, a place of specialization so uh, it is a, a very conducive time and again a, I would encourage people to look for resources that exist to help people start businesses because they're all around us, innovation hubs, all kinds of funds, um, expert resources that, that didn't exist previously. So it is, it's a very conducive time actually to start something up.
0: Yeah, I've heard, heard from many CEOs like yourself who do really believe that. They say great opportunities have come in down economies. Yeah. And if you just take, take a step back, be willing to pivot, maybe take a look at your own business, pivot, adjust, take a look around you. Uh, I love the way you uh, you refer to look at your resources available today. It's just amazing. And uh, a lot of wisdom out there to be shared uh, and how to navigate in to look for opportunities. So I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, there's a great organization that I joined. And even though they told me I was rather seasoned, I ended up being, you know, rather than a participant, I was flipped into an advisory role, but it's called startups.com. And I would encourage any of your listeners to check it out because they have these amazing sort of advisory verticals depending on what your industry is and what your interests are and they're really peer-to-peer groups so they're you know I belong to one that's all CEOs and then there's others for people who are just you know looking for capital or there are others that are looking for you know specific um scaling um opportunities and hiring practices and so forth. But um, I, I have just been astounded at the people I've met there and how fantastic an organization it is. So that's that's a great example of something that's literally cost nothing and has such a strong cost benefit ratio.
0: You're a woman in a in CEO. Is the Paradigm still out there? Is the glass ceiling still out there? Is, is that an old story, a new story, current story? Do you have any advice um, to some of our women listeners?
1: Yes, it has not been my experience. And again, because I get to work with great visionaries, these are people who are very sophisticated, very well educated um all around the world and if anything I think they put their business and their interests in my hands and it's a very big responsibility so there's no ceiling to that or their expectations (laughs) of me
0: (laughs) Uh, fantastic okay I want to give you an opportunity I have a couple more questions for you I do want to give you an opportunity help us novices understand what PR is because we do have this uh multi-thought process of what, what it really means
1: Yeah, it's really any um, news, business, brand, person of interest to the public that um, is conveyed through the media. And media, as we now know, can be social media, it can be digital media, it can be electronic media, it can be what we call traditional media, print media, right? So uh, it's really how an agent such as myself educates the media on behalf of a client and then conveys you know what it is like problem solution dynamic um in within the national news cycle but again it's an oversimplification yeah. maybe not simple enough
0: but okay well let me ask you another question is pr uh, i'm going to answer it differently should every business use pr small business large yeah. business or is there types of businesses doesn't make sense
1: no you? it's a, it's a great question there's a difference between publicity and I think strategic public relations or media relations, right? And so, as I've stated, you know, our focus is really on driving business. Publicity is a little more vanity press, you know, so-and-so won an award or an accolade or is having a special event in honor of XYZ, right? Um, or a new movie coming out, or what have you. Um, that's a little more on the publicity side, and I think with public relations, you know, some small businesses do benefit, obviously, from having exposure, particularly if they're. I'm thinking of one in particular that I met through that organization I referenced, startups. I did a um, presentation, sort of like PR 101, right, that I also have taught in universities for budding entrepreneurs, and um, this one was starting a local dog park community service which as you know during the pandemic turned into a big thing because everybody got a puppy it seemed like (laughs) very very high saturation level statistically demographically and um she just i recommended that she do a couple placements in local media and i think i asked her to send it to um i don't know why i suggested time magazine but she immediately got picked up her story, and then it just took off, you know, and so, uh, you know, an exposure for something that small and that locally focused got um, amplified, right, through just people knowing about it, and I think that's the beauty of um, you know, the smaller entities doing it, the larger companies tend to sometimes be a little hesitant to take on, you know, they initially start with marketing. And so they have their collateral, their brochures, their sales materials, their promotional materials, and then they don't necessarily, and or are intimidated to engage, you know, on a higher level with, with a a strategic, you know, PR firm. And we would go in and say, well, what projects do you have to promote? What services do you have to promote? you know, what are the desired outlets? What's really gonna move the needle in your business? And then we media train against those goals and objectives to try and place them, you know, in in the most impactful media possible. And that's a process and a methodology that takes, you know, upwards of six, nine, 12 months.
0: It does, okay.
1: To accomplish.
0: Let me ask you a question. Um, Our listeners are twofold. Generally they're CEOs, owners, founders of companies like yourself. Mm who are you know, looking to navigate the headwinds, maybe asking themselves, should they add another income stream? And then we have uh, people who are at corporate America who are looking to leave. What advice would you have for them?
1: Well, again, I think um, avail yourself of all these different, um, not only opportunities, but resources that exist to um, see where you might find a niche or specialization. I think there's so many advisory councils. The advisory cloud is a great one if people aren't familiar with that. Um, board Z is another one where you can um, sign on to be a board member for whether it's startups or somebody a company that's pivoting what have you that's compensatory um, and or you can just get your feet wet you know if you just always wanted the experience of being on a board without the full obligation of you know lots of meetings and um, fundraising and so forth so um, again yeah I think and start following what's in the business press if you don't already um, entrepreneurially fast company is a great one for sort of breaking um, innovation, just to get your head around what's what's out there and where your skills might apply or where you might um, add value.
0: Sorry, I had to mute on I uh, had some background noise. Thank you for that. Um, tell us again, how can we get a, get your book and how can people find you if they would like to know more about your services.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Um, LinkedIn is a great place to find me. You can find me under Courtney M. Lukic. You can find us under Gotham PR. You can find us online at Gotham PR. Um, again, because we've been around for 20 years, we have a pretty healthy footprint online. And, you know, there are other um, places where you can see articles that I've written, podcasts that I've recorded, etc. And as I said, the book will be out with uh, Worth and Simon Schuster in uh, early 2023, Creating Significance.
0: Very good. Well, Courtney, this has been wonderful. I thank you for your willingness to share your wisdom with our listeners. We'll have this podcast up and running here shortly, so everybody can get a copy of this and send it along to all their friends as well. Uh, Again, thank you for your time, and I wish you the best.
1: Thanks, Rich. It's been great.
0: Rich LeBrun here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show include the hashtag, get it done entrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.